1: rocket scientist, a cowboy, a porn star, and a mom walk into a dungeon. And those are just the players. Stay tuned after this episode for a trailer for I Seduce the Dragon, which is a bi-weekly actual play D&D podcast starring five talented women who started playing as a way to connect with each other and evolved into a series of hilarious side quests and attempted heroics. (laughs) everybody and welcome to The Crit Show. This is an actual play podcast where we play Monster of the Week, Uh, but today we're actually here with a different purpose. Uh, I am Rev, I am the GM and host of The Crit Show, and around the table we have Tass, Tiege, I'm Jake. But we are not here today to play Monster of the Week. We are here today to play Aegon, the newest game by Evil Hat Productions. Uh, We are joined today by Director of Projects, Sean Nittner, who is also the co-author of Aegon. Thanks for joining us, Sean.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to play with you guys. Um, I've listened to your Let's Play of Band of Blades and some of your Monster of the Week games, and I was like, This
1: is good stuff. I want in on this. Oh, Aww, man. thank you. We had so much fun with Band of Blades. That would make such a great show. Like, if you and the audience all knew, yeah. okay, this is going to come to an end at some point, and it may be a harsh end. It's such a gripping game.
2: We played a whole campaign of it, and it was right. We did well, but right up to the end, we were like, There was one role just at the very end we're like if we roll poorly we won't even make it to sky tower keep we won't even get to the final mission <laughs> and it was like gotta make this roll <laughs> and uh yeah it was uh yeah i'm glad we did it was, a, it, was, it was a blast. I love that game.
1: So, can you tell us a little bit about Aegon?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, Aegon was originally uh, released in 2006 by John Harper. It was a uh, his sort of take on how to make a game that is uh, a game where the, the GM and the players compete in earnest rather than a game where the GM is supposed to challenge the players but that they have infinite resources so that any GM could always just be like rocks fall and you all die. Like, wh- where where is the challenge in that? <laughs> so, what if you actually make a, uh, a game where the two sides are, are are legitimately competing and therefore you give the the strife player which was then was called the antagonist uh, you give them a, a budget that they can work with to sort of challenge them and i loved agon i played tons of it games where one of us were playing a game of Agon while we had a camera on the table and a Skype call to a bunch of other people playing a game where they were the gods. And the gods could like watch the heroes and they could like like say things to the heroes. And then I would type it in chat and then the other GM would let them know things happened. Uh, <laughs> ridiculous hijinks of, of games. But suffice to say, I love the game. Um, so now... 10 years later, a little more than 10 years later, we've had a lot of chance to reflect on it, uh, clean up some of the parts of it that were kind of slow and plodding, and also change the nature of it. It's no longer about us, about me as the strife player versus you. It's more about me presenting you with great challenges to show how awesome you are. I'm not trying to defeat you or trying to uh uh force you into agony i'm i'm trying to give you these these sort of opportunities for greatness and similarly the game used to be very competitive amongst the heroes they were all just there was one currency and it was all just about like who was best at the end and now we've really differentiated that quite a bit so that, uh, the heroes have lots of different things to strive for. They can be the one that supported each other the best. They can be the one that was truest of heart. They can be the one that, uh, had the greatest acumen. It's not all just about, like, who or are- glory is still a currency, oh, not a currency, but it's still a reward in the game, but it's not the, the end all be all of the game. So we've really kind of, uh, tried to open it up to, uh, a few more play styles and I really like, you you have greatness by making others around you great as well
1: uh which we're which we're very excited about awesome well i think we are ready to dive in wonderful you want to walk us through these first steps
2: yeah yeah let me give you i've been talking about the game as a project as a, as a thing to play, but let me give you the, if I was pitching this to a group, uh, the short pitch on Agon. Uh, this is a game of fast-paced heroic action, inspired by ancient legends. Um, you as hero players will create heroes who wander from island to island, engaged in contests, resolving strife, appeasing the gods, and seeking your way home. Uh, me as a strife player will present the island, its strife, and opponents, and other characters um, by revealing the situations to you, asking you leading questions, and judging the outcomes of contests. And together we will find out the out the the fate of the island that you arrive on Uh, so let's make some heroes let's let's do this let's uh, go through the origin chapter um you all have hero sheets and you all have a little handout with the uh hero creation stuff so i'll just walk you through it Um, the first step is to choose your hero's epithet that is the way which um your your character is known like like I am bloody minded or I am lion hearted for instance um, so yeah uh, your epithet is something that you'll roll in any contest where it applies you, you know whatever you pick think of the types of contests in which it might apply um, so you'll pick that and then on your hero sheet you'll also write down that the die size is a d six
3: um, I think I want to be strong limbed
2: solid choice nice uh,
3: I will go with eagle eyed. Cool. Ooh. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm looking at pure-hearted.
2: Oh, someone's got to be pure-hearted. Yeah. (laughs) Someone's got to speak the truth, speak from their heart. How about you, Rev?
1: I'm going to go with swift-footed.
2: Excellent. So, everyone will write down those epithets, write down a D6 next to them. The next choice um, is a very important one, and you're going to choose your name. Um, uh, Unlike epithet, your name will be rolled in every contest because you'll always say, I... Uh, swift-footed or strong-limbed or whatever your names are, uh, will, will rise to this challenge. And uh, your name die gets rolled every single challenge in every single challenge. And at the end, your name is what you you re- retain after your your hero story is over. Uh, there's a list on the third column of possible names, but you can riff off of those or make up new ones as, as you like. Uh, what do you guys think of our names?
4: Uh, I think I'm gonna go with Eagle-eyed Arcadius very cool because i'm a child of the 80s
1: and i like the arcade nice
2: <laughs> I was gonna say, it sounds nice. very greek to you know very uh, greek mythology to me
1: <laughs> yeah this all sounds greek to me <laughs> uh, wow, have you wow. heard have you heard that joke a lot while running this game
2: i you know it's i i just said it and as soon as i said it i regretted it
1: but um <laughs> and, I have and you couldn't just it. let it go i know any door you open
2: apparently we're gonna go through it okay okay how about you Rev?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with the list. I'm going to make just a slight alteration. I'm going to go with Dreos. Cool. Uh,
0: I like Mykonos.
2: Ooh, pure-hearted Mykonos. Okay. How about it? I will be Hathor. Cool. Strong limbed Hathor. awesome. Uh, so by your name, you'll also write a D6. All the heroes start at a D6 named eye. As you gain glory from facing trials on the island, your named eye will advance. Uh, and the the length in which your hero's uh, story is told is based on the final size of your named eye. Will your story be told amongst your friends and family? Will it be told for generations? Will it be told after the end of this civilization, or will it be told after the sun goes cold? We'll know that based on how far your name your name advances. That. That's awesome that is awesome yeah it's the thing you're like i want that i want that. i want to be remembered forever <laughs> uh cool the next thing that you're gonna do is choose your lineage so this is a notable parent or place that you're a child of um and, um, and along with that lineage, you're also going to pick one of the four domains. Uh, the domains are arts and oration, blood and valor, craft and reason and resolve and spirit. Uh, they more or less do what they sound like. But in play, we can describe that a little bit more. And if you have any questions, you know, feel, feel free to ask. But uh, your lineage will, will give you strength in one of those four domains. So whichever you pick. Uh, whatever the whatever uh, domain your lineage is strong in, uh, you'll write as a D eight, and the other three you'll write as D sixes.
4: I think that I'm going to create my own place that I'm from. Cool, uh, and it's called Persimone with a little accent on it. So it's like persimmon, but persimone. Oh, cool. They're known especially for athleticism, and uh, they would show up to like the games. And put on a good show for everyone. So I think uh, that's just something that they do in that island. It isn't like they're getting ready for war or anything, but it just so happens that they have, Mm -hmm. you know, very athletic lineage to them.
2: You could kind of go craft and reason or blood and valor. I a little bit lean towards blood and valor because like races and wrestling, even though it's not – it's also stabbing. But like I think, (laughs) you know (laughs) – Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's war, right, right, right. But like, uh, I I feel like that's probably if you if we're thinking about like the Greek Olympic games, right? Sure. Uh, I I typically I think that those would be contests of blood and valor.
4: Okay, Uh, I will
0: definitely go with blood and valor as my main domain. Then, cool. Uh, I think I also want to sort of invent a place. Um, I like the idea of a place that is just kind of based around like, well, judgment, essentially it's like a place where people can come and you know, if they have some reason for a trial or a, some sort of difference that they have to resolve, they bring it to the people of this place where they know that there is going to be someone that will give them a fair trial or a fair uh, opinion one way or the other.
2: Oh, I like that.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, I've come up with Anlor, A-N-L-O-R. Cool. Um, So, yeah, he will be the pure-hearted Mykonos of Anlor.
2: Oh, I dig it. I'm totally seeing uh, people, like, showing up. With their meager belongings on, like, little boats and stuff and, like, arriving on Anlor and just being like, please, wise judges of Anlor, restore justice to yada yada, right? Whatever, whatever.
0: Exactly.
2: Like, horrible thing has, has gone wrong. Yeah.
0: Um, so, with that, I like the idea of arts and oration. As the domain. Um, That makes sense to me. Yeah, I think he's used to being in front of a crowd and kind of presenting these
1: cases. So, yeah,
2: I'm going to go with that. I dig it.
1: I think that swift-footed Dreos is a scion of Hermes. Ooh,
2: demigod. Okay, cool, cool, cool.
1: I mean, for me, no Greek story is complete without someone who is related to the gods there. Awesome. Um, And so uh, I'm going to go with Blood and Valor uh, because I think that Dreos. Has accepted their role in Hermes lineage and especially the Valor, the idea of getting into, into combat and helping uh, and just being quick and sure-footed and swift.
2: Yeah, I dig it. So as a demigod, this part won't change. You'll still choose blood and valor as a d8 and the others a d6. But when we get into bonds at the end of hero creation, uh, your bonds will be a little bit different. You, instead of having as many bonds as the other heroes, you'll have a bond with your, with papa, uh,
1: with Hermes. Oh, great.
2: So, you know, you can ask, you can ask Hermes to come in and, uh, step in for you. All right. Uh, strong limbed Hathor, where are you going to be from?
3: I'm going to go with something kind of more nebulous, I feel like. I think Hathor is the scion of the ocean waves.
2: Cool. What is is that?
3: Uh, Well, I imagine that Hathor is of like a, a, a group of people that spend a lot of time on the water and feel comfortable in the water. And so I feel like that is anybody who feels more at ease on the water than on land, like this kind of nebulous collective of people who live for the ocean. They are the ocean waves.
2: Oh, I love it. That's great. Yeah, because I think that's, you're going to find people like, well, A, you're trapped at sea on islands. So it's not like you're not going <laughs> to see lots of people on the water. Yeah. But B, like, I, uh, this sort of like kinship that you might feel with others from all different places, right? Because they, they, they appreciate that, that, that sense of being at sea. Yeah. As a person who likes to sail and be by the ocean myself, I, Totally, I totally get it. What domain is associated with with the uh, the ocean waves?
3: Um, I'm going with craft and reason. Uh, I think being like a, a shipbuilder and. And things like that 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 is the craft aspect and like the reason is understanding how to use these things to their full potential being like a an artisan of of watercraft
2: yeah craft and reason is also generally the domain called upon for contests of sailing perfect so that's perfect it's great cool um so right awesome you'll write down your respective lineages and then you'll also write down uh, your your pronouns to go along with that in the in the lineage section so um just make sure you introduce your characters with their pronouns as well. Yeah. Uh, the next step is that you're going to choose an honored god, uh, Dreos, You don't have to choose Hermes. You can you can honor you can be a child of Hermes and honor the, another one god. That's always uh, gods never get they never get upset when you do that. Yeah, they're always very they're always very chill. <laughs> um, and, uh, and you're going to write down your honored God's name and then their strength, uh, which if they're one of the 12 Olympians that we have on the hero sheet, you'll just use that strength. If it's another God that you've made up, we'll, uh, write down, you'll just, we'll just pick a strength together. And then you'll make two little diagonal slashes like you see on the, on the, uh, instruction sheet to indicate the, your, your two marks of divine favor, uh, with that, with that God. So I got to ask, Dreos.
1: Uh, who do you honor? It is going to be Hermes.
2: Oh, it is. Very cool. Awesome.
1: I think that there is the that sense of finding out who I am and accepting it and leaning into it and like trying to, you know, okay, so if I am from one of these gods, how can I make the most of it? How can I make it beneficial for those around me and helpful? Because and, the gods aren't always, but if I've got a piece of one of them, maybe I can make it helpful for humanity. That's
2: a egalitarian perspective. <laughs> Not a lot of heroes necessarily have. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, so you'll write down Hermes, and under strength, you'll write down daring, and you'll put two little slash marks right there. Uh, we'll get more divine favor in the boxes over on the right in a little bit, but right now we just do just do this one, an honored god. All right. Uh, Mykonos, who do you honor?
0: I went with Athena. I think that the thing that I lean into is her wisdom for... You know, not just trying cases, but just in any endeavor. Like, what is the most fair, even, neutral path? Um, you know, that keeps everybody happy. So I think wisdom is a big thing for that. Um, I think that there are a lot of different schools of thought maybe on Ann lore about what's the best way to go about it. But I think that's the one that I chose.
2: I love it. I love it. I also think it's interesting that your perspective is that the, the fairest, what the fairest choice is the one that will keep people happy. Cause my experience is that is 100% <laughs> not the case. But that's <laughs> true. We will see, uh, if, if fairness and wisdom, uh, are, are are something that the, the audience, the recipients of your judgments, appreciate. We'll see. Yeah. Exciting. Uh cool. Arcadius?
4: Uh I'm gonna go with Artemis for precision. I I think that my character, he may be athletic and everything, but I don't think it's an athleticism of like brawn versus brawn. I think it's he finds the the weaknesses. Sure. Like he's able to find the precise place to go or the precise place to strike if need be. Uh so I think Artemis brings that precision to him.
2: Excellent. So write down Artemis is your honored god and precision as her strength and two little check marks. And uh Thor,
3: It's gotta be Poseidon.
2: Yeah. Right. Being
3: an, an ocean loving person poseidon is my honored god cool Uh, and poseidon's strength is fortitude
2: cool that makes a lot of sense i dig it the next thing that you're going to do is uh what i think is the most important part of the game is record your character's look their style this is how would we notice you at a distance how would we spot you among a hundred other greek soldiers how do you how do you stand out uh even even if it's a subtle thing what little affectation does the uh, does the camera always pick up? Uh, so on the right hand column of the the hero creation sheet, you'll see a bunch of lists of possible things. You can use any of those. Let's go the other way around. How how about Haythor? What's your uh, what's your look? If you if you've got it,
3: Haythor wears very little. Spending so much time on on a ship deck and in the water, Haythor kind of just wears enough to cover the essentials. So like largely bare legs, bare arms, and you can see. Where there isn't clothing that they're very sinewy, like they're strong, it's clear that they're strong, but there's not a lot of like excess bulk or wasted muscle or anything.
2: Not a lot of fat on those bones? Yeah.
3: No, it is It is just, it is clearly like workman's muscle. Yeah. They have long, dark hair that's like pretty wild, uh, just because it is full of salt water that is dried, so... It has just gotten super crazy. It has gotten away from them, um, and they have these bright blue eyes, uh, and they're they're very relaxed. They've just got a very relaxed demeanor. They seem like they're happy to do their work, or they're happy to talk to somebody. They're just they're content. They're very they're very relaxed and open. Nice. And I think that they carry a uh, a harpoon. I think, is their preferred weapon. So there is rope kind of spooled around their torso uh, with the harpoon just slotted through the rope across their back.
2: Oh, super cool. I can, I can just imagine getting lost in those deep blue eyes. Uh, like the ocean. <laughs> All right. I love it. Uh, Arcadius?
4: Like Hathor, uh, I'm also... Hathor. Athle- Hathor. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, I'm also athletic, but not to the sinewy sort of aspect of things more lithe and graceful and slim uh you might say stag like cool I have very piercing sharp eyes that are gray almost borderlining on white uh his hair is short yet flowy uh it's got a nice featheriness to it almost uh and he wears minimal armor uh probably just like uh bracers. Uh, and maybe a uh, a small chest piece or something and uh, a few bits on his shins and that's about it because he likes to be able to move his legs and his arms and get as much what I'd like to say limberness out of himself. Sure. And uh, his preferred weapon is a bow.
2: Artemis couldn't be happier. I, I dig it. Yeah. Cool. How about Myknos?
0: Uh, I think Mykonos stands out in like a group of all these soldiers because he's clearly not at all a a soldier. Uh, I think that he has a very gentle demeanor. He's wearing no armor. It's more like more form-fitting robes, like he's probably used to thicker, flowy Uh, cumbersome robes in a courtroom but being out in the world and and practicing this craft elsewhere he's had to make that a little more tactical so to speak he is slender short has long hair with uh, braids like it's all very tight braids down his back and I think that's probably pretty typical of Ann lore
2: does he brush out his hair and re-braid it every day so it keeps all the stray hairs from slipping out oh yeah
0: absolutely (laughs) And I think the most catching thing are his searching eyes for somebody that's clearly not very intimidating. He's the type of guy that is looking just straight through to the core of who you are. So his dark brown eyes are just trying to gauge every little bit of everyone that he is talking to or encountering. And I think that he also, just in case, he does have a little one hand hammer I like. It seems very courtroom to me. So he's got like a yeah warhammer that's small.
2: Right, right, right. Smaller than warhammer, bigger than a gavel. I'm about it. And uh, our our child of Hermes.
1: Uh, you know, I really like this look aspect that you have in here. The animal aspects. Um, yeah. And so Dreos is serpent like. Yeah. Not in the sense of like a viper and deadly but just that sense how with snakes even when they're not moving there is that potential for movement like Mm. there is not a moment where a snake is like flat-footed it's just always ready to go even when it's not moving but his demeanor is is happy he is always smiling also i think like a lot of the people on this ship very wiry smaller slender frame um with this oiled hair And I think the thing that really stands out is that he carries around a shield that looks like the helmet of Hermes. So it even has, like, the little wings on the side, um, just kind of as an accent. And then his favorite weapon are fists and feet, and then this buckler.
2: Nice. Yeah, bucklers are all sorts of good stuff for smacking folks about yes (laughs) cool so normally the next thing we would do is go and uh introduce our characters after we've written all this down but since we've sort of been talking this through um you've just described your looks so we already have that so let's just go ahead and once again say our uh say our epithet our name and our lineage uh and the god that we honor Oh, you know, what? I think I, I think I missed this out. I'm sorry. After we wrote down our honored god, you're also going to mark down three checks of divine favor in any of the gods you want. We don't have to share those. You, you certainly can if you like. But uh, that, that, that's just other gods that you've gained favor with through your various deeds of the past, in addition to the, to the god you honor. So let's everybody go through and say your your epithet, your name, your lineage, uh, your pronouns, and who your honored god is so we all remember who the heroes at the table are. Uh, And you'll be saying these things a lot in the game. Hathor, you want to start this round off again?
3: I am the strong-limbed Hathor, Scion of the Ocean Waves, they-them pronouns, and I honor Poseidon.
4: I am eagle-eyed Arcadius, Scion of Persimone, honored god Artemis, and I'm using
0: he-him pronouns. I am pure hearted Mykonos, scion of Anlor. My honored god is Athena, and use he, him pronouns.
1: I am swift footed Dreos, scion of Hermes. He, him, and I honor Hermes
2: okay fantastic um so uh for all of the mortals uh everybody except for Dreos, you're gonna write down the names of the other three heroes uh well everyone's gonna write down the names of the other three heroes actually and all the mortals you'll mark down that you have two bonds with them uh bonds are something you can trade in to get them to get someone to aid you during a contest uh to get someone to follow your will your your lead if if they're the leader and you're like "No, no, no no leader Let's do this other thing or uh, order to have them protect you from suffering harm. Um, so, bonds are, are v- very valuable and versatile. Um, so, all the the mortals will mark that they have two with each other. Uh, Dreyos, you will only have one with the other mortals, but you will also have one bond with uh, your father, Hermes. Um, and uh, Hermes can come to your aid uh, one time.
1: You know what? I think that's
2: a fair trade. Yeah? You'll, you'll take it? Yeah, I'll take it. And these bonds can be gained and lost throughout play as well you'll be you'll be spending them uh okay the last part of uh, hero creation is to determine leadership for the first island um so we're gonna f- i'm gonna frame a little scene for you and this is gonna be sort of our introduction to contests um normally when you're on an island the island is beset with some strife and that strife is represented by a value that i add to my total uh in this case however we're on the ship um, and lost at sea, and, um, and the, uh, um, uh, and there isn't any strife yet. Uh, we, we definitely are, are sad to be lost and, and stuck in the mists, but, uh, there's no, there's no island strife. So I'll just roll, uh, my dice. I'll take my highest value. Then I'll ask each of you who of you will compete in this contest. And if you want to compete, you will, uh, say your epithet if it, if it applies. You'll say your name always, and uh, you'll you'll state your lineage as you pick up the the domain die that's appropriate to the contest. I'll tell you what what that domain is. You, you know, so you'll say I swift-footed Dreyos, son of Hermes, will compete in this contest. And you'll pick up you know, basically two or three of those dice. If swift-footed applies, you'll you'll use that. If it doesn't, you won't. Um, there are other resources you can call upon as well, pathos and divine favor, but we'll save those until we actually get into mid game. This is just sort of our intro to the, to the contest. Um, and, and you'll just sort of describe that you're participating. Uh, and then we'll narrate, we'll narrate how it goes after we make the, uh, after we make the role. Uh The other option that you can do is say, I uh, will support so-and-so. If you support someone, you're going to hand them your name die, and then you're going to mark that you get one glory and one bond with that person for supporting them. Um, so, you're, you're, you're helping them out, but you're not competing in a contest. Um, you also can not be in a contest, which sometimes happens if, like, the narrative makes sense that you're just not present. But otherwise, like, all heroes are encouraged to either – compete or support one another in contests right like unless something is really just this is a one-on-one contest like everyone should should jump in so uh yeah so i'll give you all the contests and then i'll ask you who who competed it all right let's do uh you have a couple people who are strong in blood and valor so let's do a blood and valor contest that, that that makes me happy i think you're all sitting around uh on the boat it's been days weeks it's hard to tell you've been lost see some of the other sailors start telling war stories, literal war stories. You were just in a war. And they sort of start boasting. Ah, I defeated three men in a, with a single blow, you know, and they're telling all these stories. But these are people who are not named heroes such as yourselves. Um, and they're going to look to the person who recalls the uh, – who, who can boast and tell them of the greatest act that they that they performed uh and whoever's uh story is both the most uh, uh compelling and the most valiant is the one that, that they will call leader for the next island. Um so I'm going to roll some dice using roll 20 and then I'll take my highest die. Looks like I've got a 6. There we go. Nice. Um I'll I'll take that and uh normally I would add strife to that. Um so there would be I have a higher total, but this is more less about can you overcome it and more about Uh, who gets to be best because whoever's best is going to choose the leader. Um, So each of you, uh, the contest is blood and valor and we're going to flash back to the war. Uh, I think this is a time when you're trying to lay siege to the city and uh, flaming oil was being thrown down upon you and uh, everyone had their shields held up but no one could could break the gates. So let's recall how uh, you broke the gates or snuck. Uh, yeah, how you broke the gates or scaled the walls or whatnot. Who will compete in this contest?
4: I, eagle-eyed Arcadius, scion of Persimone, will
2: compete. Nice. Grab all those dice, hold them in your hand, and get ready to roll once everyone else has uh, announced their state. Who else will compete in this contest?
1: I, swift-footed Dreos, scion of Hermes, will compete. The strong-limbed Haythor of the ocean wave will compete.
0: I, pure-hearted Mykonos, will support Dreos in his endeavor.
2: Ah, very cool. So, Mykonos, go ahead and give Dreos your, uh, go ahead. I said name die earlier. That's when someone calls in a bond. When you offer support, you're going to give your domain dice. Go ahead and give your blood and valor die. I think in your case it's the same, but just good to know. Uh, give your blood and valor die to Dreos, And then everybody roll those bonds. All right, you're going to take your two highest dice, total those, and that's going to be your total. Uh, did anyone fail to get a six or higher?
3: I just got six.
2: You got six. That's fine. You still you still met it. Okay. So everyone prevailed. This is natural in the leadership challenges because there's no strife. It'll get harder once we hit the island. Um, uh, but let's go in order of lowest to highest. Everyone who uh, got a six or higher, which I think is everybody, will describe how you – the actions that you take and how you prevail, how you aid your companions in, in sieging this wall. And whoever got the highest will describe uh, how they finally breached it, how they were the one to, to, to make the the, the the tipping point. So, Hey Thor my, my guess is you got the lowest. Uh, describe how you prevail.
3: I found a tree that was close to the walls uh, and – essentially muscled up the tree to the point where i could leap to the top of the wall so that i could start engaging the forces guarding from up top um to kind of make an opening for the rest of my
2: people nice i can i can see you on the wall with your enemies coming at you on both sides uh cool who who had the next highest result
3: Uh, i think that's
4: me i had a seven okay awesome uh so as this hot oil is being uh thrown down at us, uh, I'm shooting my arrow and realize that they're throwing it down just in front of the gate. And so using my, uh, bow and arrow, I am able to ricochet some of those pots of oil onto the actual gate.
2: (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. You, you, you hit a pot as it's coming down and it spills out onto the gates. I love it. Cool. Uh, Excellent, and Sadrus, so, I take it you were best.
1: Yes, I had a ten.
2: Very cool. Describe how you see how you take the gate.
1: So I see Arcadius break one of these pots and see the uh, the burning oil spill, and it gives me the idea that that's how I can get my men moving. And I throw my shield as one of the pots is raised above the men above us who are throwing it and spill the oil upon them. Oh, nice! Giving my soldiers a chance to move forward unencumbered by the burning oil, and then they hack into the door.
2: Awesome. And I think it's it's your forces that break it open as the camera sort of zooms out and we see the the, the smoke and uh pillaring up from it and the and the armies smashing uh on the inside. We hear we hear the chants of the soldiers Dreos, Dreos, as as you as you lead them in. Wonderful. So um Mykonos, for supporting, you get one glory and one bond with Dreos. Uh, you would have gotten that bond with Dreos regardless of the outcome. Um, you get it no matter what. Okay. Hey and Arcadius, because you prevailed, you'll get half of my total. Round it up, so you're gonna get three glory each. Uh, you have these little check boxes on the top of your sheet. And Draus, because you were best, you are not only going to get uh, the full bounty, the six glory, the, my my total, so you can get six glory. Um, but you'll you also get to decide who the leader is. Oh, okay. Uh, if you elect yourself as leader, uh, that's great. If you elect someone else as leader, they will owe you a bond.
1: And uh, in the sense of gameplay. Um, what are the, I guess, what are the benefits of being the leader on an Island?
2: So whenever we come to a, uh, contest, uh, I'm going to present you when you arrive at the Island, I'm going to present you with like, here's the situation that immediately presents itself. And it's going to give you a couple options as to how you want to, uh, respond to it. Uh, you could choose, you could choose any of those or you can do something else. Um, you know, you've you've got a lot of flexibility, but you, you're sort of presented with an immediate threat. Um, and uh, if the group all agrees, yep, yeah, let's do that, then great. That's what you'll do. If they don't, then I'm going to turn to the leader and say, leader, which way will you go? What will you do? And the leader will decide. Uh, anyone can spend a bond to sort of take over as leader for a little while and they can say, you know, no, we have this bond. You owe me. I'm, I want to I want to decide in this case. But it, otherwise, the leader is going to – whenever there's sort of a uncertainty – I'm gonna to turn to the leader and ask which direction we go.
1: Okay. I'm going to make the leader pure-hearted Mykonos. I've trusted their judgment in the past and their support throughout some other islands. I'm gonna give the leadership to them.
2: Okay, cool. Um uh, Mykonos, your leader. And uh Dreos, go ahead and mark that you have a bond with Mykonos for giving him this. This role, I'm sure he's very excited to take.
0: He's looking absolutely terrified right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we flash back to the ship, and, and the soldiers are like, yeah, Dreos was the greatest of warrior among us, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when you say, yes, and I, as the greatest warrior, I believe we should we should follow Mykonos. He is the wisest among us.
0: Who looks up from his book and goes, I, I'm sorry? <laughs>
2: Yeah. And suddenly all these sailors are looking expectedly at you and that's how it is. Uh, very cool. So that's character creation. Uh, next thing we'll do is jump to an island. Many days and nights you were lost at sea. An unnatural mist surrounds you, preventing you from seeing the stars and returning home. You know that as you uh, appease the god's will, their their constellations will once again appear in the sky and help guide you home. That is the uh, thing they hold over you is that that it's your way home. Uh, So, with each island, I'm going to give you a little description of the island and then we're going to receive the signs of the gods. And uh, this is another thing the leader does. The leader interprets the signs of the gods, decides what everything means. Whatever you decide it means is what it means. If you're really not sure, feel free to turn to me as a strife player and be like, does this make sense? And I'm happy to – it's my job to reveal things. So, I will be happy to uh, invoke more of uh, the god's will in the signs. Uh, but, it's, but ultimately, you decide like, oh, this means we should do this. Um, and then I will give you a what you see immediately when you arrive. And that will – in all the islands we have designed so far, at least, that will uh, sort of lead you right into a contest of wh- what you're going to do to resolve this immediate situation. Uh, So here we go. As you sail for days and days, finally the mist part and you see an island ahead, but it is not your home. You have not made it home. You've made it to a foreign land you have not seen before. Uh, You've come to Kryos, a cold and rocky isle fabled for its gold mines. Legend says that the island is protected by a ring of everlasting storm clouds, which keep the land's riches safe from marauders. You receive three signs from the gods. The first is from Hera, the queen of heaven. Her sign is the sacred peacock. It lands upon your crow's nest and it sort of faces off away from the island. It leads the pious to restore what is lost. The second sign, a violent one, is from Zeus, the lord of the sky. His sign is ruin. The works of man brought low. Pillars and stone dash into the sea. Lightning and thunder rumbles from off either side of the island. And the final sign... Is that from your father, Hermes, the god of thieves? As one of the the sailors uh, is carrying a big uh, canvas bag full of uh, uh, canvas sail material, he drops it and it spills. And when it topples open, a raven flies out. As the bag opens wider, you see uh, a bounty of riches. These are spoils uh, of war for those who deserve them. And those are the signs of the gods. Um, Mykonos, do you want to prescribe any... uh, uh, any meaning to those immediately? Do you want to reassure anyone what, what the gods are asking for you? Or do you want to mull on that and decide what they mean uh, as you get further along?
0: Um, I think I, I do have an idea in my head, but I do want to mull on it just a little longer.
2: Sure, 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 sure. The sailors, not being bold heroes as yourself, are immediately... Looking about distraught. Uh, clearly the gods have taken notice of your presence and uh, they, they don't know how to interpret these, these portents, right? And uh, they're not sure what to do. Uh, some of them, they, they, spout theories and ideas, but, uh, they, they, they look to you very clearly, Mykonos in particular, to, uh, to guide them on this island. When you arrive at the mining settlement on the island, uh, the infamous storm clouds are nowhere to be seen and all is in turmoil. The people on the island are running about and they scream, wailing in panic. It's gone, they cry. The pirate queen has stolen the pillar of storms. We're defenseless. The harpies will slay us. And up in the distance, you see three winged figures making their way down towards the islanders. They're clearly the harpies that they speak of. Two leaders on the island come forth and they recognize you. Strong-limbed Hathor, sign of the ocean waves, you have arrived. Eagle-eyed Arcadius, sign of Persimone. Thank goodness you are here. Pure-hearted Mykonos, sign of Anlor. Your wisdom will guide us. And swift-footed Dreos, sign of Hermes. Hopefully you will bring the God's will to us to to protect us. Uh, The two people... Our Melatia, the mining chief, uh, she is trying to organize the uh, people to get to hide in the caves and seek protection from the harpies as they arrive. When uh, they all scream that uh, the pillar of storms is gone, um, she scoffs and says, "I'm glad it's gone. Uh, we've been dependent for too long upon the the gods to keep us safe. It's time for us to to forge our own destiny um, and and uh, defend off these creatures on on our own." Um, And she looks to you for aid. And similarly, the high priest of Hera, Ionestes, steps forward. He's wearing a garb not dissimilar to yours, Mykonos. Um, He sees you as a fellow scholar and as a person who will hopefully listen to wisdom and Ines, he says, without the blessing of Hera, this island is doomed. She is the only one who has protected us this far. The temple, and he sort of gestures up to the top of the island, up to these rocky cliffs. And you see this old temple of Hera. But even from the distance, you can see it covered in vines. You can see some of the, the pillars are crumbled and cracked. You can see some of the frescoes are broken or missing. Uh, it's obviously been many years since it's been upkept. Uh, the temple uh, and its sacred pillar must be restored to show Hera our greatest piety. And so, they look to you, both Both asking you to do different things. Uh, you know, will you turn to Melatia and tell her uh, to use the island's gold to restore the temple and help Ionestes? Or will you turn to Ionestes and tell him to cease his uh, false prophecies and aid uh, the, the people in protecting themselves from, from the harpies that are coming? And all, all of you, of course, are just sort of like – swarmed with all of this, right? Like you arrive and it's like instantly troubles at your doorstep, right? Like before you've even stepped off the boat, they're already pleading with you. Like what, what will you do? And of course you, you as heroes can talk amongst yourselves, but the, these, these people uh, have this dire urgency looking at you to, to, to save them.
0: So we can discuss this as a group.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Clearly the pillar worked when it was here. Clearly Hera did keep them safe. If it was restored, it would continue to. But I'm not sure it's for us to decide for the entirety of the people which way they should go, if they should make their own fate or stay under her protection. I do believe that they need the help to stay safe from these harpies. I think we should help them at least in that.
2: Yeah, that's that's a, it's a good point, uh, Mykonos. You can also just be like, forget both of you. I'm not helping INSDs restore the temple. I'm not helping Melatea defend the island. You can also just look right to the people who are at the moment... Just terrified, and try and help calm them so that they can take a more sensible action as well.
0: I think that's what I'm inclined to do. Uh, I think talking is what I do, and the thought of wanting to calm everyone and restore a little bit of order will keep people safe, at least in you know the immediate future.
2: Yeah, where do, where do the other heroes stand? Do you do you protect, I mean, this is your leader, but you still can certainly protest and make uh, arguments for for why you should take take another course of action
1: the gods have granted protection and the gods have taken it away nothing says that building up a temple will even bring back that protection i'm inclined to agree
2: D- does that mean you side with melatia who wants to uh, r- round the people up and get them into the mines
1: yes
4: all right i eagle-eyed arcadius also agree with melatia and i would love to fight some harpies if you wouldn't mind
2: <gasps> nice I like it, Mykonos. All of your fellow heroes have uh, disagree. They all want a different path, but uh, you're a leader. You going you going to go with with what they want, or are you going to forge ahead on your on your own and tell them they they had better follow? And it's worth note that if anyone, if if Mykonos says nope, we're going to go talk to the people. We're not gonna we're not going to uh, help Melatia. Any of you can spend a bond and say Mykonos for all the times we've spent together. You owe me this, and you can take over as leader for this one contest as well. So, like, if Mikados makes a decision you don't like, you still have a voice in this. But I turn to you, Leader.
0: I think I'm looking up towards those three flying figures, and I'm looking out over the people panicking, and it's just not the path that I like, because it's not the one I'm good at. But I think I sigh and take my Warhammer off my belt.
2: Okay. Uh, So, if you want to... uh you want to help Melatia and get these people into the caves so that you can uh, fend off the harpies yourselves, um, the, the thing you have to do – and this is – you're actually quite good at this, Mykonos. The thing you have to do is get Ineses to stop rolling them up. Ines is just telling – I mean, that's the problem right now is that Melatia is telling them one thing. Ineses is telling them another. And until one of these two voices is aligned with the other or silenced, <laughs> honestly, uh, but until Ionestes stops his uh, encouraging them to run up to the temple. Uh the people, you know, Melitia just can't get them to safety because they, they keep hearing these two different authority figures tell them tell them such different things. So uh Ionestes, when you when you say this, Ionestes says, Do you not see the portents before you? Do you not understand the will of the gods? He feels abandoned by you and continues to uh, to, to try and get all the people to go up to the pillar. So who will, who will challenge Ionestes and get him to cease declaring his false prophecies? Who will engage in this contest? Uh, it's a contest of arts and oration to get Ionestes to stop this. And I'm going to roll so you know what you're up against first. So let me roll, uh, Ionestes, uh, arts and oration and, um, uh, and uh, in this case, now that we're on the island, the strife, the strife of the harpies coming, of the pillar being lost, of the people divided, uh, I will add the strife to my total. So you'll know. Uh, let's see. Ionessis has a d6 name die, and he has 2d6 in Arts and narration. So my total is I take my highest die, which is 6, and I add the strife, which is 5. Uh, so your your goal that you're trying to hit right now is 11.
0: Ooh, boy.
2: That's Ionessis doing his best.
4: His besties.
2: All right. So, who will challenge Ionestes to this in this contest of arts narration?
0: I pure-hearted mykonos scion of Anlor will absolutely challenge.
2: So pure-hearted, of course, applies. Right? You're 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 telling it. You're speaking the truth. I will introduce a few other things you can do now. So you're going to pick up your epithet die. You're going to pick up your name die. You're going to pick up your arts narration die. The other thing you can do is you can spend a bond uh, with any of your other heroes. Uh, you can say, oh, you, I have a bond with you. Help me. They will give you their name die. They can still support – they can also elect to support you and give you the domain die too. They can give you both. But you can spend a bond to uh, a call upon a hero to, to aid you. You can spend uh, a dot of pathos, which is the human will, your personal reserves – uh, to bring in another domain so you can call upon another domain that you want and bring in that domain die. And you can also rem- erase one of your checks of divine favor. And uh, if you do that, you'll add a d4 to your total. Oh. And, but that d4 gets added to your other two highest dice. So, uh, only divine favor gets added on top. Everything else just goes into the pool. So your pathos, your bonds, those can add to your pool, and your divine favor can uh can go on top as the gods give you there. As you spend that that favor you have earned with the gods. So grab all the dice you want to use uh in this case. Obviously those first three, but any bond any dice you want to get from bonds, from pathos, or um divine favor as well. And you'll put all those in your hand before before you roll.
4: And I, eagle-eyed Arcadius, will throw my support behind pure-hearted mykonos
2: oh very cool so go ahead and give mykonos your arts and narration die and uh what what say the rest of you heroes i swift-footed dreos will answer the call very cool there's 11 glory up at stake right here right now uh how about Hathor?
3: i strong-limbed Hathor of the ocean wave will also put my support behind the pure-hearted mykonos
2: Wonderful, awesome. So go ahead and give that name down to Mykonos. Both uh Arcadius and Hathor uh for support. Uh you don't you're not competing in this contest, but you get one bond with Mykonos that you can write down immediately, and you also get one glory for showing your support. Okay, uh Mykonos and Dreos.
0: Um even with Dreos competing essentially can i still manipulate a way to use a bond from him to aid me absolutely okay
2: yeah yeah so if someone wants to support you they're going to give you their 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 domain die but if you say i call upon your aid you can spend that that bond that you've earned to uh to get their to get their name die and yes even if they're competing against you they will still aid you and they can describe how how they aid you or you can ask them in a particular way to 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 help you. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Yeah. I have something in mind for that. And I think I am going to use the uh,
2: pathos as well. Oh, cool. So you're going to bring another domain. Uh, Anyone spending divine favor out of curiosity?
1: Uh, I am going to spend divine favor with Demeter. Demeter's integrity. Uh,
2: All right. So once you've got all your dice pooled, anything you got from bonds, from divine favor, from pathos, your epithet, your name, your domain, uh, roll them all. Take your your highest two. If you roll, if you add a divine favor, you'll add that to the top on top. I see. I see shaking of heads.
0: <laughs> How many dice was that, Tass? <laughs> Seven dice. My total is a ten.
2: Oh, no. How about Dreos?
1: Thirteen. Yeah, oh, my God. Uh, a six, a five, and a two on the D4. Nice.
2: All right. Just so you know, this is a game of, of very uh, irrevocable consequences. Uh, if you had both failed at the roll... There would have been chaos and the harpies would have arrived before anyone was prepared, right? Like that's just the, th- the thing that happens. But one of you prevailed. So, so as, as a whole, you'll prevail. So, starting with the lowest, um, describe if you didn't meet the challenge, describe how you suffer. Um, how the priest's words affect you. Uh, how you uh, are unable to persuade them. And uh, for those who rolled who prevailed. Uh, describe how you how you overcome freeze. So uh, Mykonos, you've got the lowest total right now.
0: Yeah, I think that the the signs mm. start flashing through my head, and what I think that they meant start to kind of twist, and I'm starting to doubt. What I saw as he's talking because I realized that he's right when that was there, there was protection and there is that possibility that that could help. So I'm just doubting myself now.
2: Nice. And so many gods gave you so many different signs. So do you even speak to him or do you just or do you falter before you even try to match him on the on the on the soap boxes, or? Um,
0: I think I do try to talk to him. Yeah. I, I think the thing that I start to verbalize is we saw the peacock. We saw Hera's sign and it was facing away from your island. I think she's done. Mm, yeah. And just something about that just doesn't feel right. Like there's a feeling of maybe I'm doubting the reason for her facing away. Maybe she's pointing us a direction to go to help or, you know, other things. But whatever that is gets muddy.
2: Yeah. I think clearly his the weight of the words of somebody who is so their faith is so clear to them is uh, it's persuasive. Yeah. Mykonos, you get one glory for competing in this trial, uh, though, though, though you suffered. Andreas, tell me how you prevail.
1: So I think as the priest gets to kind of the highest pitch of his rant, saying that we have to praise the gods, I step forward and say, yes, we must praise the gods. But now all of you listen to me, son of one of the gods. There is a line that you cross when you go from praising them to hiding under a rock and wanting them to do everything for you. The gods give their favors to those who have earned them. Today we earn them. And it gets all the people excited and makes them realize that they must take action to protect themselves because the gods are not there every second. Yeah. And he gets he gets shouted down by by the group. Nice.
2: I think he assuming you don't try and stop him from doing this, I think Ionestes, um it just is it's just crestfallen when he sees an actual sign of a god come and speak against him. You know, he's like, what, what am I going to say? I'm just a priest, right? And despite the danger, you know, he stops trying to get the people to edify the temple. But he returns there himself. He's just broken. And, uh, you know, he's going to go alone, maybe with an attendant or two. But without his disruption, Melatia is able to uh, corral the people into the caves – or into the mines, rather, uh, where it will be diff- very difficult for the harpies to, to get to them.
1: And I think that as he turns to walk away – Uh, I say to him, go then, be with your God. But remember, you must take action yourself. And if we are both still standing at the end of this, we'll realize there's a middle ground.
2: We see that kind of like shot where he's already a few steps up the hill when you start speaking to him. And he turns, looks over his shoulder and listens to you. And like, again, it's, it's clear that your weight has like Gravitas and he has to – he's going to go mole on it, right? Like whatever you've said is he's got to go to his thinking place, right? You know, and he – and he goes off but he's clearly heard everything you've said. Yeah, Mykonos – Dreos has been speaking the loudest and and the clearest but um, Malatia looks to you and says, these harpies have harried sailors for centuries and if not for the pillar, they would have killed everyone on the island as well. Will you help me destroy uh, these horrible monsters so that they never again – threaten my island?
0: It would be our pleasure.
2: So Melatia looks to you, uh, Mykonos, and for the first time, she has hope in her eyes. And she she finally feels that the the uh, horrible fate that, that the island has been stuck with for as long as she's been alive has been lifted, that there's a chance of change. And she looks really hopeful and suddenly her eyes just go wide as you see the shadow of the harpies descend over her.
1: Far back in the mists of antiquity, a poet sings of great deeds wrought by mighty heroes, of monsters slain and justice restored, of wise counsel and devious strategies, of courage, valor, and daring, defiant of the gods themselves. In Agon, you create and play these heroes, crafting their epic tale into an immortal legend. Lost at sea, you will venture to islands populated by mythical creatures, dire beasts, treacherous landscapes, legendary kingdoms, and desperate people, all somehow cursed or abandoned by the cruel power of the capricious gods. You can find Agon on Kickstarter through the web address and our show notes until October 25th, or learn more at evilhat.com.
0: The Fable and Falling Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to Icewind Dale. It is not a good day in Icewind Dale. Aurel, the Frostmaiden, a god, the divine embodiment of winter's fury, has withdrawn to this cold corner of the world, plunging it into endless night.
1: you repeat this uh, harbinger of winter's name again one more time? Aurel. Aurel. Real round. Round. This is I Seduce the Dragon.
2: Gentry, I'm so sorry I'm about to fight some
0: kids.
1: God damn it. It's a
0: new d d podcast. Your hands are tied behind your back. Okay,
1: what's that face? <laughs> Am I into it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a story... About Tori. He is the worst person you know. Gentry. And none of my friends believe me. Not at all. You're circus folk. Why would we believe you? Erastus.
0: Arastus likes to party and moisturize. (laughs) (laughs) And Martha.
1: I have to eat off
0: of porcelain like one of you people. You people? Um, What a hardship for you. It's a story about friendship. Aren't you supposed to be a god? Demi-god, remember? Oh, demi-god. It's like running a half marathon. It's like not that impressive. (laughs) It's still a very long run. And standing up for what's right and this is just to be clear still our problem i'm gonna go hide under something look for i seduce the dragon oh he big oh he's so big <laughs> wow he's so big i've never seen someone take up four squares on <laughs> roll plenty. <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts